0: Welcome to the Tippy Tappy Sports Cricket World Cup podcast. This is episode number six, and a bit like the Australian One Day lineup as well as the uh, New South Wales Origin lineup, there's been a change to our lineup this evening. Uh, our usual man in New York, uh, Aaron, 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 Eric—call him what you will—Tim's is in fact in the foothills of the Pyrenees as we speak, and uh, we'll come back to why he's in the Pyrenees. And what exactly he is doing there. But taking his place this evening is none other than Andrew AJ, NBAJ Johnson.
1: Welcome, Andrew. Pleasure to be here, Timsy. I'm looking forward to making my debut uh,
0: today. (laughs) Hopefully, I'll pick up a wicket first ball, something like that. Yeah. Um, Do you think that you're replacing Aaron because he has a side strain? (laughs)
1: Usually. Usually, that's the way it goes. Or maybe it's just a rotational thing. Maybe it's just, um, you know, the podcast has been going quite well. Uh, we're, put, we're assured of making the semifinals. Yeah. Definitely going to record through the semifinals. So we'll just give Aaron a rest, give him a chance to kind of recover, um, manage his load slightly.
0: Yep. And, uh, and a good thing is I get a bit of experience, get a bit of a run. Yeah, yeah. Like you've, you've, you've got to get a bit of a run. Um Yeah. Look, I mean, I'd be reluctant to describe Aaron as the uh, Pat Cummins of the podcast because I think that that would go to his head. But I do want to um, explain what exactly uh, Aaron is doing. Uh, He was in Barcelona yesterday and he's on his way to a commune in the foothills of the Pyrenees called uh, Conde de Cré and... Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just reading from the website here. If anyone's interested, feel free to go to uh, degrowth.org, um, which is nowhere near as sort of medical, sexual as you as you might think it well as you might think it is. Um, is this like a um, environmental kind of save the world kind of thing? Well, let me. It's it's funny you mention that, uh, Andrew, um, because Con uh, De is a place to demonstrate and reflect around the topic of degrowth. It's started by activist scientists from the research and degrowth. It is a centre for transformation of fruits, vegetables, constructions, societies for research, arts and and, uh, agroecology, integrating different frugal technologies with frugal lifestyles, open brackets, enjoying simplicity with, e.g., crazy folk dance and massage parties. Now, I don't know about you, but... If there's any, if there's something that I really want to, you know, about how I want to spend my uh, my June, it's uh, just thinking about the transformation of fruits, vegetables, and constructions while having a uh, crazy, crazy folk dance and massage party.
1: That's probably the way to do it. What, what kind of massage parlors are we talking about? Do you think?
0: Or well, massage parties. What kind of massage, massage parties? parties? Exactly. Yeah. Even uh, even better. I think it's one of those ones where every, you know, where you sit down on your, on your bum, on the, on the ground, cross-legged and you massage the person in front of you.
1: Like you have a big train of people massaging each other. Yeah. All so that no one really gets an enjoyable massage. (laughs) Everyone except, except for the person right at the front. Every other person has a shit time worrying about the person that they're massaging.
0: Yeah. It's quite uncomfortable. Like your arms get a bit sore because they're in an awkward position. Um, and what about the person at the back? They don't sort of really get anything.
1: They get fuck all, don't they? Yeah. That's, I mean, you've got to go in a big tray. It's got to be like a daisy chain. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. But, that's, but, that reco- but that's even harder to do because, you know, yeah. you've got different uh, circumferences of your, of your massage arc.
1: And then you're only massaging one side each and you're probably actually doing more damage than good. Yeah. Really, aren't you? If you, Everyone's just getting their left hand or right hand side massaged.
0: Maybe that's part of the crazy folk dance. Uh, this is how these things. That's how these things start off. Or this could be the commune equivalent of the uh, human centipede. Well,
1: we've definitely addressed the important issues regarding degrowth. Um, <laughs> I think <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> discussing yep. what their massage chains might be shaped like. But yeah, um, yep. degrowth is that the future? Is degrowth the future? Do you,
0: do you think? Well, I suppose if you've had regrowth,
1: yeah. you might as well move on to degrowth. Well, the Cricket World Cup is kind of going through a degrowth phase, and it's probably doing it, it's probably in, in a good way. You know what I mean? Like, just cut the dead weight of all those absolute junk teams like the Netherlands and Scotland and Ireland.
0: Yeah. I think the Irish would take exception to that, but that's fine. I, I, I take your point. And I think it's been beneficial. I don't
1: know if it's been, you know, environmentally more sound this World Cup than most, but...
0: Um, I, I like it. I like the format. You, okay, because we we touched on this a couple of weeks ago. So you you do like the format, do you? It's like, you know, it's an NRL style. Yeah, well, I mean, I think every game matters. It's not really NRL style because NRL style, you,
1: you, you know, there's at least five games that don't matter. But, like, you know, you've only got nine games yeah. to qualify in the top four, so they all matter. In fact, one thing that I think this has shown up, which has been a bit of an issue, but is the – The no result games. Obviously, the the weather's played a a big part in the tournament so far.
0: Yeah, and by not having the uh, reserve days, yeah, then it does mean that you know everyone's favourite Calypso disruptors, the uh, country known as the West Indies, is -hmm. probably unlikely to make the semi-finals. Possibly, yeah, yeah. I still think there's a chance,
1: but yeah, yeah, possibly. Because oh. they, they did lose, lose a couple of opportunities to get some points there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, they did. Um, but you still think that they can make the semis. Well, that's interesting. Uh, tell, me, tell me more about that. About why I think the
1: Windies can make the semis. Yeah. Because, and I, I think um, the game that's currently happening as we speak right now, if I may talk about that, yeah. um, is not necessarily great. It's actually more evidence of what's been happening so far. But I think they've been bowling really well. And they're not really supposed to be a great bowling team, right? Like, they're supposed to be a strike batting team um, with a couple of good kind of T20-style bowlers who can, who can really slow things down when they need to. But um, they're, still, they're still doing okay.
0: Yeah, but, but their bowling yeah. attack is actually brilliant.
1: Yeah, it is actually brilliant. That's the, and that's, I think, what they're, why they're a good chance still. Because if, if people like Chris Gale, who at the moment is a massive liability – actually start scoring runs, Yeah, um, then they, they're going to they're be really hard to beat with the bowlers, if the bowlers keep it up.
0: Where, so, are they, where are they currently? So they're currently in sixth, right? They've played four games.
1: Yeah, it's pretty ugly. Like it, it doesn't look good in terms of um, for any team apart from the top four at the moment, I would say.
0: No, no, you would expect that the only one outside the top four who could possibly disrupt would be the West Indies, Yeah,
1: it seems that way because they they have a reasonable net run rate and they're on three points, which is terrible. But um, Sri Lanka are on four after five games, so yeah. So, oh, well, the short point is... um, South Africa have played five games, they're gone. Um, So England, England, I think, uh, if England fail, the Windies could still make it. Yeah, yeah, well... Because India are not going to fail, Australia are not going to fail from the top. And New Zealand look really good. So,
0: but they haven't been tested. Like they've, they've 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 had like a collection of easy games thus far.
1: That's true. That's true. But they have won them all batting second. Which no, like most of the teams who are winning games are winning them batting first. Yeah. New Zealand's batted second every single time and won easily but not against much to be fair
0: but that's why their their net, their net run rate is like off the charts at
1: 2.1 yeah exactly and, um, exactly
0: do you think it's weird that they've had that they've scheduled it so that all of the heavy hitters <clears throat> you know australia new zealand india england are only playing each other you know in the back end of the uh, of the first round
1: well india and new zealand's gone that was supposed to happen. So oh, that's, that's been dead. rained out. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's been rained out. But, um, yeah, probably. I'm sure there is some kind of seeding system that they tried to make it kind of build. It's got a good finish, I reckon, by looking at the, the way it's structured.
0: Yeah.
1: Once you get to the end, it's pretty, some pretty exciting games, but they will be less exciting,
0: I think, if it's all decided. Yeah. But you don't reckon – so you actually don't think the, tour- the uh, tournament's too long? No. It's what it should be. Like, six, we- I mean, six weeks is quite long, though. But
1: one day cricket is just like it can go either way on the day, you know what I mean? So like, I think you get a chance to really prove that you're in the top four yeah. by being consistently good over all of those games and being able to beat most, most teams. And then once you get to the semis and final, that's it. I mean, then the, then the pressure's on and the luck kicks in and, and all that stuff and who's better on the day and all that. But yeah. I think it's good if, if at a World Cup if every team gets a good chance to make the top four.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what this format does.
1: Yeah, it sorts out who's good and who's not good pretty quickly, I'd say. (laughs) I mean, that's what most tournaments do. That's what they're supposed to do. But, like, if you're playing in pools of four, like at the Soccer World Cup, Football World Cup, and you lose one game unexpectedly, boom, you're gone. I mean, that's high pressure too. But I kind of like that um, it's really a good chance to sort out. When there's only 10 teams in the world that are actually any good, it's a good chance to sort out
0: who the top four are properly before you get into the semi. Well, it's interesting you, you you do refer to the uh, football uh, World Cup, as we yes. like to call it here. Um, I went uh, I went and watched that uh, that new documentary about Maradona. Um, yeah. Made by the director who made the film on uh, Eton Centre and Amy Winehouse, mm-hmm. and uh, I've got to say. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. The film was brilliant. Uh, and what was the best? Well, there were a number of uh, uh, great, great sequences in it. But uh, when he's talking about that quarterfinal in 86 against England, um, it's actually the first time I've ever heard him just clearly and concisely admit that he cheated. He's <laughs> like, yeah, I went up for it and my hand was there and I just punched the ball and i looked at the linesman and no one said anything so i just started celebrating the goal yeah fair enough it's good fair enough what it's are you
1: going to do well i mean yeah that's uh, yeah it uh, sounds good I, w- I would like to see it um i loved i loved senna i thought that was awesome yeah you yeah,
0: know senna Senna's good but this is this is probably better because maradona is clearly you know just a loose unit uh off the yeah. off the pitch um and the all of the archival footage from mid to late '80s Naples, when he's on talk shows and in nightclubs and just you know wandering around in his underpants, spraying champagne everywhere, are genuinely hilarious. Yeah, like you don't get you don't get that kind of insight into what a dressing room is like. <laughs>
1: well, it's pretty much it's pretty much this is pretty much Amy Meat Senna, right? Like <laughs> yeah, yes, Amy Winehouse just kind of getting loose. Yep. troubled life, yep. coupled with the the, the the incredible genius and, and brilliance of, of Senna in a sporting context. Obviously, yep. Amy uh, is a genius in, a, in an artistic context, but, you know. yeah, um, It's good to see the, the, the madness and the sport mixed together.
0: Yeah, just madness, yep. just the sport. <laughs> They're all mixed. It's a great, it's a great medal. <laughs> great. Okay, uh, I'm
1: giving it five stars. Yeah, good, good. All right, all right. Well, I'll give, it, I'll give it nothing at the moment, but I look forward to watching it on your review. Um, now, let's talk about Australia and Pakistan. Cheating. Can I talk
0: about cheating? Oh, yeah,
1: go on. Like, like t- t- intentionally, like, you know, Maradona saying he intentionally hit, punched the ball into the goal and then had a look and, and just celebrated. Yeah. What about um, Virat Kohli? Oh, yeah. Last night, just um, walking. Walking on the uh, on the very 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 fine edge that didn't even really register. Did you oh, see that?
0: Oh no, I didn't actually see it.
1: When he got out, he's tried to play a hook shot, terrible terrible hook shot. His eyes are nowhere near the ball, like right. it's very unlike him. Yeah, and he's for all like money, you would say he missed it. Um, but they appealed quite long, and before anyone went for review, he decided to walk. And even on the review, you couldn't even really tell that, um, that he'd hit it. So he possibly might have got away with it if he stayed, like if he hadn't have walked. Yeah. But I, just, I was just wondering, like, the, the psychology of that. I mean, obviously, he knew he hit it. So he just figures rather than get called a cheat, I should just walk. I don't know.
0: Well, I mean, certainly the uh, cynic in me would suggest he knew that India was more likely than not going to win, uh, yeah. He knows how fraught uh, politically a game against Pakistan is, uh, even more so in a, in a World Cup context. So yeah. here he is really playing the big swinging dick card and saying, you know what, we're going to win this game anyway, so uh, I'm just going to sacrifice myself and go off and be some kind of hero. Sure. It's, quite, it's, it's also quite
1: mature of him, I guess, to, to recognise that he doesn't need to stay out there in that circumstance.
0: Uh yeah, you say mature. I say I say arrogant <laughs> arrogant prick. <laughs> sure. Um sure. you know. Uh well, that's that's India. I mean it was um It is a shame that India and Pakistan don't play more often against each other. Uh, and yeah. when I saw parts of the uh of the Pakistani fielding effort, I mean they were just it, it was classic, like Keystone Cops, subcontinentals running around, just sort of being silly, not quite knowing what to do. It was a bit like watching Schoolboys uh, from time to time.
1: Yeah, which you do often, really. You t- you spend a lot of time watching Schoolboys, don't you? <laughs> Especially the young ones.
0: You know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking there needs to be like a. a like an ABC-funded documentary, you know how there's like always oh, like, there's there's something on Peter Roebuck, something like Kerry Packer. It's got to be one on. Oh, no, I mean, sorry, I've I've, yeah, I've just you've just blown your load. I have. <laughs> i so excited. You've blown your
1: load all over Peter Roebuck's name
0: because <laughs> I was thinking of Peter Brock because there's this stupid fucking Peter Brock thing coming out soon, and they had that. I'm sure Josh Lawson was, you know, is uh, somehow involved. But, you know, there's Peter Brock and there's Paul Hogan and like World Series cricket, blah, blah, blah. Like they've got to have one on Peter Roebuck. Like that would be, what a brilliant uh, investigation that would be. Like what exactly happened in the, in the corridors and, and also what happened uh, towards the end? Like what, yeah. what was yeah. all that about?
1: Terrifying. Like it, would, it would be quite harrowing, I think, to watch. Because I used to like love his, his writing. Like I think we all did, like to a degree. Yeah. It, you either you either probably loved it or hated it, but like, no, no, it just, no you had to appreciate the language, like that he spoke about cricket with. I very mean, very few people have ever really matched that, in my opinion, in in our day and age. If you mention Gideon Haig's name, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that very few people have matched that, and um. Yeah, so I was, when it all came out, I was like, I was terrified. Anyway, so I'd kind of love to see it and hate to see it at the same time. I'd love to know the truth, but I, I also
0: I'm sure it would be quite harrowing and upsetting. If anyone from the ABC is listening now, um, we'll just put in, the, put in the, applic- the funding application and give us like 10 bucks and we'll take it from there. We should make it. We should make it. We should make anyway, it. We'll talk about that later. Okay, offline. We should do the investigative work. Yep. We should because we haven't got anything else to do. But be that as it may. We'll chase down but, cricket pedophiles. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, a, there's probably a lot of them. Um, yeah. Look, we're getting That's slightly sad. off topic. Uh, yeah. So, India, Pakistan. Um, <laughs> the reality is, does anyone know how the Lewis Duckworth system actually works? Yes. Okay. Explain
1: it to me now. Go. Uh, it decides who's winning and makes sure they win. That's pretty much what I understand of the Lewis-Dyke system. It sounds so very scientific. When the rain comes, if you're winning, it makes it almost impossible for the other team to win. I know that no one's ever winning in cricket, but let's face it, someone is always winning in cricket. <laughs> um, and if you have the advantage, then you will surge ahead. But I, like, basically, it just penalises you for having lost wickets. That's all. In in comparison to the number of overs left and the number of runs that need to be scored, yeah, I don't know exactly the formula. Obviously, um, although we could learn, we, we could, could find out. I mean, we could fact yeah. check it right now. Maybe or next next potty, maybe we can um, do a bit of. I can come in with a bit of research and explain the Duckworth um, Lewis system to you if you wish.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think everyone. You know, it's the kind of thing that everyone needs to. Just be able to have, like, uh, an easy familiarity. So when they're at a dinner party, they can just sort of sit around and pontificate about um, sporting calculation methods. It's actually the Duckworth Lewis Stern method. Yeah, well, who's, this jo- who's this Johnny-come-lately Stern? Stern is not
1: getting enough credit, but he is um, – well, after, after Duckworth and Lewis retired, Professor Stephen Stern became the custodian of the method – and it was renamed to its current
0: title in November 2014, <laughs> The Custodian of the Method. Do you think there was a ceremony where, like, they handed over the, the, the Algo to him? <laughs> um, the keeper of the Algo. Are they still
1: around, Duckworth and Lewis? Who knows? Yeah. Um, They're one of the great duos. I, hope they, I wonder if they feel like Stern has managed to maintain the integrity of the Method. Or whether they think it's kind of going off off the rails a little bit now that they're
0: both retired. Yeah. We should like send a few <laughs> DMs. <laughs> <Yeah. what> <laughs> Surely they're on the they're on the Twitter for sure. Yeah. Aren't they? I mean, you know, Must Duckworth be. and Lewis would be sort of sitting in the nursing home complaining about people sliding into their DMs. What a terrible idea. What a
1: sad thought that Duckworth and Lewis are just sitting in a nursing home somewhere complaining like ranting, unsure of exactly what's going on in the world or what's going what they had for breakfast. Oh. And and complaining about, you know, the, the their their statistical system to people who have no idea what they're talking about.
0: <laughs> oh, some might say it's a bit like the Tippy Tabby Sports podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh well that's 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 India and Pakistan. Um let's talk about Australia. Yeah. Uh now we saw australia bat pretty well uh in their most recent victory um yep. but i want to know your thoughts about all this business of david warner being you know contained he's not himself he's oh uh, he, my God. he's having a touch of the uh latrell mitchells you might say
1: did you like i couldn't believe sangakara when he like the way he went on about it. when finch i think scored his 100 yeah like Going on about perhaps the lesson for David Warner in how to build a constructive innings that actually does something. <laughs> I was just like, Jesus, that's a bit rough. Like getting stuck the, in. The dude's like got the what he had at the at that particular point in time, a top five average in the tournament. Yeah, still Warner. Yeah. He scored a hundred already. Yeah. He scored a big eighty. He's um he's fine. Like. I don't see what the big deal is, to be honest. Um, okay. You think he's fine. The actual impact, what is actually happening, I reckon, in the team is now that Warner and Smith are back, everyone else can fucking relax and bat better. And I think that's why Finch is batting really well. And I think it's why you know, everyone in the, in the top order probably just feels a little bit more comfortable because there are runs there. It's, way, it's the way the India works, right? They just need one guy to bat well. When India, well, like when India play, Australia needs exactly the same thing. So they know that they've got two of those guys that can do that at any given point in time, and they relax, and then they start to do it themselves. The rest of them. So I think uh, there's no doubt about his place in the team, or whether or not he fits in, or what his role is. Like he's just there to bat, and if he bats well, great. <laughs> <right. laughs> He's still one of the leading run scorers in the tournament. I mean, what the
0: fuck does everybody expect? Yeah. Well, I mean, we've spoken yeah. about this before in terms of the, uh, the process by which he was reintegrated into the team. Um, <laughs> yes. But the, uh, the idea of, yeah, of his role being anything beyond going out there and scoring runs is yeah. frankly ludicrous. Um, yeah. But what, I mean, where, where do you think all of this leaves? Or what, what is really wrong with Usman Kowaja? Because he's, he's, he's a bit of a riddle. Yeah, I think,
1: well, this is the thing, right? I think if you're Aaron Finch, suddenly the pressure is off, right? Because you're the captain. You've had the pressure of being the captain. You've had the pressure of struggling maybe for a bit of form and people questioning your batting ability. And now you've got a bit of support around you and everything's fine. But if you're Uzi, you're probably a bit more like that's one more run down the ladder that I am in the team and one less chance I am of staying in the team if I play a bad innings. So maybe it plays on, on him a little bit more having those guys on the
0: team. So you don't think there's any merit in, for example, trying uh, David Warner at three, given that... Kawaja and Finch were uh, yeah, like a pretty, actually, like a very solid opening pair. Well, yeah, that's
1: hard, but I mean, I don't see any reason why you would move Warner from from opening, and there's no reason to move Finch either. But Kawaja is more flexible, so
0: see you, mate. Like that. <laughs> so he gets punted for being too flexible. I mean, this is like, this is well.
1: Maybe there is something in it in keeping Kawaja at that opener because he is the solid one, right? Like theoretically, he's the he's the one that's going to stick around yeah. and be the foundation that you can build the rest of the innings around. So maybe there is something in that. But uh, Warner's Warner's pretty untested as a three and four. Like doesn't I think? Uh, and I also look to be honest. I get the feeling that if you did that. To Warner, his head would explode. <laughs> yeah, he would not react well. Yeah. Whereas Kawaja's is just probably like, yeah, well, that's fine. I bat, I bat four all the time. Yeah,
0: I'll bat four. I might as well bat at six, seven. Sure, yeah. put watch. me wherever you want. <laughs> <laughs> just, just happy to be here. As long as I can stay in the team, guys. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I was, uh, I watched most of the Australia Sri Lanka game. I was having, I was having a quiet night uh, in, um, and. You know, I watched, I watched the game and at about 2.30am, at about um, mm-hmm. I was just like, I, you know, it was one of those moments where I was just questioning my life choices. It's like Saturday night, I was just <laughs> watching the cricket. I'm by myself. It's like, you know, what's all this about? So uh, I decided to go to sleep and it was probably about 10 minutes later when Mitchell Stark started taking all of those wickets. Um, mm-hmm. But what I learnt today when I was at work was that one of my colleagues said that her dad got up specifically at 2 a.m. to start watching the cricket. Shout-outs to that guy for, like, bothering to get up at 2 a.m. to watch, uh, watch Australia-Sri Lanka. But that just seems like an odd uh, regime around watching, watching the cricket. Is that, is that something that, that you've been doing while you've been taking it's care of your child? <laughs> it's not something that I've been doing. But um, yeah, my daughter,
1: unfortunately, um, in, this, on this, in this case, sleeps. And shit. Tims, you there? Yeah.
0: Hold on. <laughs> just a slight rain rain delay. Yeah, oh, we can just fix it in post. Tims? Yeah, I'm here. How's that sound? Does it sound okay?
1: Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, good. Um, sorry about that. So, as I was saying, um, my daughter, um, unfortunately, for, for this particular situation does actually tend to sleep through the night, which is quite good. But she wakes up kind of just after the cricket's finished. Oh what? Yeah, which is a bit of a nuisance. Um but I get it. I get what that guy's doing because I remember when I was younger, like I used to always find it heaps more interesting to watch the second innings of a one day game. Like who cares about what what the what the score is set at in the first innings you want to know if the second team's going to chase it down i mean that's that's the exciting part right where yeah. you can compare the scores so i get it that's a fair time to wake up if you're going to if you're going to do it if you're committed to to watching a portion of the cricket and can't do the whole thing i think it makes sense to go to bed early and wake up at 2am and catch the the last 30 overs or so oh, It's like putting
0: in a shift yeah yeah why not oh, I might i might give it a go maybe i'll give it a go for uh, Australia-Bangladesh on, uh, on Thursday evening. Yeah, let's both give it a go. Yeah, all right. Why yeah. don't we live tweet it while we're doing it? Sure. Um, okay, good. Well, that's, uh, there are some real action items that we can take out of this. <laughs> Speaking of tweets, yes. um, now, you may or may not have seen uh, Donald Trump tweeted about talking to foreign governments and reference the Prince of Wales, W-H-A-L-E-S, um, now Israel Falau tweeted 25 minutes ago, um, because he's back on social media now that he's lodged his uh, adverse action claim. Um, so, good. okay, yep, yeah, good. He's just tweeted some kind of image, uh, and the the text is, Whose approval are you seeking? Uh, question mark, question mark, and he spelt "whose," who apostrophe s, but like who, who's uh. Grammatical error is worse. Donald Trump's or Israel Folau's. Um I think. Well, who, who, what, what in terms of damaging? Um, yeah. Look, I think
1: I think generally Trump's probably got a slightly bigger um, bigger, audience. <laughs> bigger, bigger audience. Yeah, bigger, bigger audience. Maybe people take maybe the people who are followers of Falao are a bit more uh, serious. Um, I mean, he's going after the um, transgender kids now, is he?
0: Good. Yeah, he's having a crack at everyone. <laughs>
1: Good. Yeah. Good
0: you night. know, I mean, watch watch this space. Maybe that could be um another documentary for us not to get have funded by the ABC is uh, you know, just the just the Falau syndrome. Um With well, the Jesus the Jesus syndrome. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he thinks he's Jesus. Like
1: I can run fast, score tries, big step. I'm Jesus.
0: Should we where should try and get him on the podcast. <laughs> I mean he he hasn't got any training to go to, so he might as well come and talk to us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well it's in between in between um baptizing his mates in a pool at the back of his house, he can come have a chat with us.
0: <laughs> That'd be the sensible thing to do. Um look just back to the cricket quickly. Let's 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 get serious. Let's uh let's wrap this up. Um uh, what are your predictions then for the next couple of games? Uh, Australia, Australia, Bangladesh. I mean, I think that's going to likely to be an easy win for Australia. But do they do they stick to to the same team uh, as it was against Sri Lanka, or do they make a couple of tweaks and maybe give Nathan Lyon uh, a whirl? You know what? I would say Bangladesh is not as easy
1: as we think it is. Um, for a start, yeah, uh, uh, South Africa faced that particular issue, yeah, um, and the Windies might tonight, uh, although they seem to be cruising along so far. Um, I'd say I'd love to see Nathan, Nathan Lyon get a run. Yeah, I think that he might be the answer to the fifth bowler problem, um, and just you know trust the batting at the top. I would say I think it's a good chance to try that out anyway against Bangladesh. Um, you're at the top of the table, give, give your, your spinner a go and see how he goes and um, try and bat with one less and see what happens.
0: Yeah.
1: That's what I would do if I was coach, but I'm not. But you could be. you
0: play your cards right, mate. You set your mind to it. You can do anything. This is the start of something big. It is. It yeah. is. And that's why we're going to end the podcast now. Are <laughs>
1: oh, we?
0: No other, no other um, – what's your prediction? Oh, no. right. Um. My prediction is that uh, Australia will win uh, and it'll be, <clears throat> it'll be a bit like the game against Afghanistan. Well, I'll just kind of scratch around and it, it will statistically look like a comfortable game but actually won't be as comfortable as the stats make out. Yeah, fair enough. That's my prediction. Let's see what happens. We'll be back on Friday and we'll yep. uh, bring back our uh, research about uh, Lewis Duckworth and Stern. Uh, on that note, uh, I'll see you on Friday. Sounds good, mate. Thanks for on. Been a pleasure. Yeah, always.